0: Welcome data enthusiasts. We are Zuma, the recruitment agency focused 100% on data tech professionals in and around the Berlin region. And today, this is our podcast, Data for Good, connecting you with all things data. And we are joined today by Angelita Sanchez. Uh, Angelita is data engineering and BI manager at Omeo. As you'll probably know in Germany, uh, where Omeo has its HQ uh, along with offices around Europe, Omeo is in travel tech and they essentially are an international travel booking platform. Hi, Angelita. I nearly messed up all of that intro there. No,
1: it was perfect. (laughs) No, it's perfect. So thanks for the great introduction. Uh, as you mentioned, I'm Angelita, uh, Data Engineering and BI Manager at Omeo. Uh, Omeo is a company that has had the partners uh, in Europe, and I'm Berlin-based, where the whole data team is, uh, except for our VP that works from our London office uh, in the moment. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I've been working in the data-related fields uh, fields for, should I say, more than twenty years? It make me look old. I you just started early. Old. I started Experienced. early. Experienced. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and um, data quality is a topic that I really like. I feel that we haven't really cracked it yet in the in the field, not uh, at you, but. Uh, I have found a company that have fully solved the issue. So I'm really passionate about it.
0: Yeah. Mm, Super. So that is today's topic, data quality. And I expect or hope we're going to go through the challenges, um, maybe how to overcome them or case examples that you've seen where data quality can be data quality challenges can be overcome and also your philosophy, your approach to it.
1: Great. Let's well,
0: do it. Okay. Super. So generally speaking, why is data quality such an important topic to you?
1: Um, I don't think that's important just for me. I think that for the whole data field, for the whole industry, it's a such an important topic, but I, I feel that, uh, Data quality is something that really kills tremendous work. So it doesn't matter how good data engineer you are, how beautiful are your visualizations, uh, if the information that you present uh, it's not correct, it's not relevant. The whole the hard work that you have done is just destroyed and damaged, and to recover uh, this image it's very difficult later. So. This is Mm. why I'm really attached to this topic.
0: Mm. So there's an element of efficiency in there, both in the kind of business sense, but personal and professional sense, i.e. gathering, transforming and working with data generally, um, where it's not going to be used is a waste of company costs, but it's also a waste of your time.
1: And, and and a very bad stamp in your career, I think, also, right? Uh, if you don't take care. Um, and I think that data engineers team, in general, they feel this pressure because there is this uh, understanding uh, in some companies that data engineering has the full responsibility of data quality. But in my mm. perspective, it's not 100% true,
0: yeah, I, I was going to ask actually, where, where do you see the priority of data quality sitting? Do you sit it? Do you see it sitting equally across analytics, where science is involved, and in analytics engineering and data engineering, and even machine learning, or or do you see it more on data uh, data engineering?
1: Um, I think that data quality is a corporate topic should not sit just in one team. So think with me, uh, you have uh, engineers that develop software, software, they software, they are, are responsible for capture data and sometimes produce data. Then data teams are in, in, have the responsibility of collecting, reshape this data and deliver for further consumption by different Mm -hmm. teams why does the team that is in between is the only one charged by data quality when you have someone capturing and producing this data and someone else consuming i'm not saying that data engineering teams doesn't have this responsibility but part of responsibility is there Mm -hmm. right Uh, it's just impossible to guarantee quality for a data that's not correctly captured If Mm. the data input is not being well-worked, designed, defined, there is no process, there is no technology that will uh, save you from delivering bad data in the end. So in my philosophy, this is something that should uh, have a corporate seat, I would say.
0: Mm, mm. And and certainly a strong um, data executive leadership priority also. And for it to be a priority for data executive leadership, the company has to buy into data. They have to prioritize data and not just treat it as a a service to the business.
1: Yeah, Mm. exactly.
0: Okay. We're unraveling more and more. Um, Excuse me. If it's possible to list them, what do you see as the impediments, the the challenges to data quality that... Mm -hmm data engineers, data product managers, data analysts have to face week in, week out?
1: Um, I I think that uh, depends on the industry, depends on the company. For me, each company in each industry, they are um, different uh, societies with different behaviors, with different languages, with different concerns, right? But uh, one thing uh, that I feel that's quite common in startups or scaling up companies is that uh, depending on the type of company they are, they are very feature oriented. That means I'm a startup. I need to build a new feature. I have this time to market to achieve. If I don't do it faster, uh, I I will lose money in the end and I will not survive. So the speed is something that plays a huge role And everything that's not considered the core of the product and data is not usually the core of most products uh it's a second uh, citizen seat Uh, but with time it becomes more and more relevant because on the moment after that feature was delivered the questions start to arise how do i measure it is this feature efficient It's this version of my product better than the the previous one. How do I measure that? And then that Mm. data that you just neglected during the first stage of your product life cycle, it's charged its price for not being uh, considered in uh, in the first uh, release, for example. So I think that thinking in data as a product, data as part of your main feature, is something
0: that's not that common. No, no. It's becoming more common with some of the tech businesses that we work with across the city. I wonder, as you mentioned, startups there, are, are the challenges different with startups than they are with um,
1: corporate?
0: Uh, corporate entities or, let's say, some of the common and huge e-commerce businesses around
1: Berlin. I think that they are they are different depending on the industry that you work, the level of regulation that the industry is submitted. So, if you work in a bank, uh, for example, um, you have some regulations that you need to fulfill. You have this Sarbanes Oxley uh, or Basel two that you need to be compliance there are certain kind of data that you need to collect, you need to keep up to date, and then there are kind of reports that you need to deliver, and the consequences for not delivering that uh, can uh, be catastrophic. Um, So in this sense, I feel that the level of governance of the data uh, and corporates usually have these enterprise resources systems like SAP, where the the data source that you use to produce reports or analytics, they are quite more structured, documented, governed. People don't put things on productions, not that frequent as startups sometimes, uh, which has a high level of control uh, on the software development lifecycle, then the challenges are quite different. So mm. when you work on smaller companies where the agile environment plays a huge role, you deliver features more frequently, and sometimes you have more uh, turnover, where the knowledge is is lost quite frequently. Uh, it's it, it's it's a challenge to keep the mm. data quality okay. in place.
0: Okay, I, I wonder if by putting this in context, could you talk us through? Either a hypothetical or um an experience that you've been through where you faced a data quality challenge and you overcame overcame it? What what you did to overcome it or what you did to set a new data quality precedent?
1: Yeah. Uh, so one of the companies that I joined. Uh, Usually when you arrive in a company that's already there, you're not starting the company from scratch, right? Uh, You just arrive in that day, in that meeting, and someone says, hey, these numbers doesn't look correct. And then Mm -hmm. the first question that I have done that situation is why they don't look correct to you. And usually they say, well, because when I compare with other numbers, they don't match. And then you start to understand what is this other number? Well, I do have this Google sheet here that the former intern have prepared for me. And then you have two different numbers with a different name, right? Revenue, for example, in this hypothetical situation, but they, don't, they are not the same number. And, and, and mm-hmm. for me, it's a matter of expectation, right? the person that complains about it is expecting both numbers to be the same but sometimes when you inquire this person the person don't even know the definition of that number when you ask how was this number calculated on your Excel spreadsheet
0: mm-hmm.
1: sometimes they just don't know but this is the number that they are used to they see it every day mm-hmm. they, and for them this is their source of true right so For me, collecting those expectations, documenting those expectations, and trying to reinforce those expectations, like a contract, right? Okay, I'm understanding that you have two numbers that have different uh, contents. They don't match, but they have different name. I do understand, but I would like to understand what does this number means for you? Can I collect your expectation? Can I document it? And then we can work on that. And this is where the data contracts plays uh, a huge role.
0: I see. So I I saw the challenge that you identified there uh, of being a user who has several different sources where they get the data from and those sources are not matched. And what... They, they're using one source. So they have an expectation based on that source and the other source doesn't match it. So we have mismatched expectations from different data sources. And what I've seen you do there is ask lots of questions to uncover this information and to uncover that misalignment and then make a recommendation. Recommendation is, hey, let's document your expectations and then let's make a a data contract. So tell me about this this data contract. I have heard the term before.
1: It's simple contract uh, as uh, many other contracts that we have in our uh, lives. So it's an agreement of expectations. What do you expect for this data? So it includes the data shape, how the data looks like. You want the customer name, the age, uh, the register dates, and how many purchases does this customer has in this period of time, right? Do you want this daily? That's also fair. You don't expect this field to to be new. That's also fair. If uh, has a deviation of X percent compared to the previous period, you want to be alerted. This is also fair. Let's just include. It here on our contract and then i can guarantee technically that the information that i'm delivering respect that contract and every time that this contract is not respect people are informed in different ways mm-hmm. and this is also part of the agreement some people so... prefer prefer slack some people prefer email some people prefer logging in the system and see information there
0: Oh, Slack doesn't seem like a, a good place to sc- store a data contract if it's an agreement of expectations and a.
1: It? It's not the contract itself; it's the warning that the contract has failed.
0: Uh huh. Okay. So, who agrees to a data contract? Typically, does it come from data leadership level, or can it simply be between an engineer or analyst and their customer? It, it-
1: Usually it goes through the whole uh, data pipeline. So uh depends who is requesting a certain data, then can be an executive, can be a uh, um, machine learning engineer. Um, so we document the expectations, we reinforce in every single level. So I would say this data contract applies to anyone. You can have different data mm. contracts on top of the same data for different people also.
0: Mm. So is that common... Controls. Yeah, sorry to interrupt, please.
1: No, for different downstream consumers, I would say.
0: I see. Okay, so would it be quite commonplace for you to see ML engineers making contracts with uh, product managers, for example, or, or, you know, sales uh, um, users?
1: I, I would say that if you are in the data field, if you deliver data, as outcome of your work, do a contract, right? Because it it will not harm, it will just, because also you need to consider that you deliver something today based on certain assumptions, right? And you do these assumptions with certain people. If these people leave the company and new people arrive, they can see and they can look at same data with different assumptions. This is a very common scenario. So you you do something today, I'm here agreeing with you what, what this data should look like, what are the information that are there, and we are happy. And then you leave tomorrow. And then another person come and start to blame that this data doesn't look correct because the expectations are different, right? When you document this expectation, and then you just say, okay, I do understand that this is not what you expect, but this is what this is for. And these are the assumptions that we use it to build it. I'm happy to do a new set of assumptions with you and let's do it. But mm. it's not its not that it's wrong, right? The assumptions mm-hmm. that we used to build, they were different, right?
0: Mm-hmm. And that's also assuming that a stakeholder... Knows what data to gather and why they're gathering it. I'm also thinking about the expectation for me as a recruiter that my clients have is that data scientists and ML engineers and analysts are much more commercially focused now. They do much more requirements gathering from stakeholders so that they understand the reasons, the whys they're working on that data. So, yeah, it strikes me that. Both parties have to keep the the business goals in mind when they're making these uh, contracts.
1: Sure, I don't see any other way. the The way that I yeah. see data teams in general nowadays is that they have they need to have much more consultive approach than that kind of approach that you just receive a requirement and then you build exactly what people ask you to do. This, really doesn't work right Mm -hmm. so sometimes you need to support your stakeholder to shape what they want Mm -hmm. because sometimes they also don't know they are also not data experts they don't know which kind of data are you able to design to collect to design to implement and make available they are also not aware about how 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 big is the volume of data that you are able to process in which time. So you really need to support them on that using your previous experiences uh, to shape a a good contract.
0: Super, I like it. Um, Thanks for sharing that. So if data contracting is one approach to um, maintaining good data quality, what other approaches might might a leader or an individual contributor take to uh, manage the quality of data?
1: Um, I think that's something that plays a huge role is education, right? I I think that we as data professionals, we need to raise awareness of data quality and educate people around data quality. Uh, I know that it's quite, quite frustrating when you do a very hard work to deliver something And then people sometimes start to complaining about it because their expectations are different uh, because they were not uh, identified as a stakeholder in the beginning. Now they are having contact with data. They have a lot of concerns. But I feel that's part of our jobs, our data professionals, to to acknowledge the frustrations that comes from our stakeholders and then start to work on the education side. Look, I understand your frustration. However... These are the assumptions that were used. I'm happy to understand what do you have in mind, understand where the conflicts live and work on incorporate your assumptions on this deliverable. Uh, And I can explain you why. Why it's not like this, why it's not like that. Why do you need to think next time that you have something to request? Then you create this educational mechanism.
0: I like it. And I assume that that would come into the data contract as well. Also. Yeah, okay. Are there any more kind of philosophical approaches to data quality, like a mindset that a individual contributor like an engineer or a data scientist might take towards their daily work?
1: I have a mantra. Oh, okay,
0: the mantra, I like it, hit me.
1: And my mantra is like, uh, every time that I need to face a problem, uh, I think in three different, uh, variables of the problem process, people, technology,
0: which
1: are, which are the process that I need to design or to revisit, to solve this problem. What are my key stakeholders, uh, that I need to talk with or that I need to educate, to support me to solve this problem. What is the technology that I need to use that I have or that I need to acquire to solve this problem? So those are the three pillars that I use to approach every single problem. And I really like it.
0: Angelita's mantra: people, process, and tech.
1: It's not mine, it's from someone else. I signed a book. <laughs> I need to be honest.
0: <laughs> sure I, I think even as recruiters when we do our work we seek to learn about the people in your team the processes they that they follow and also the technology that's needed so I, I think it's to think across those three areas in data is yeah, is valid for sure
1: and, and you know why I like it because I have never seen a single person problem in the data-related field that you can solve just using technology. Of course, there are those small problems from day by day, but uh, this huge data misconception or data quality problems uh, is difficult to find a software that solves or a technology that solves your problem, right? So usually the technology is just part of the problem, but not the whole problem.
0: Mm, Okay, so we've talked about the problems, the challenges, the approaches, tell me about what GREAT might look like, what the resolutions that um, data professionals, data teams can see from having really finely tuned and high quality data.
1: Um, I think that there is no high quality data without good communication. There is no high quality data without business understanding because you can just make wrong assumptions as engineer uh doesn't doesn't matter how beautiful your software is if it doesn't fulfill a business purpose it's born dead um and i think uh, that you need to learn every day because technology changes fast, um, methodologies, new approaches to solve old problems, they also change every day. Um, I think that you really need to be always up to date and uh, you need to understand the environment where you are working because as I mentioned, for me every company is a different society And when you work in a company, Mm. you need to deal with the society rules and uh, society philosophy. Uh, There are different levels of tolerances about the same problem in different companies. If you don't understand that, it doesn't matter what you do. It's very difficult to succeed.
0: Mm, I see. And what does success look like?
1: Uh, Where
0: have you seen great?
1: Haven't seen great, (laughs) but... uh... I think that uh, the success uh, for me is when you have a data quality issue, but you are able to discuss and explain and understand why things are, how they are, and you take the very next step to make it better than before. I think it's very difficult to think in data quality as a hundred percent of quality because the cost of hundred percent can be quite high in some cases. But I think that if you are able to create an environment where you know your business, you know your customers' expectations, and uh, you let them know that things are not as expected, you don't let them to discover by themselves, and when things happen, you are able to see it and discuss how to make it better, I think you are in a good place.
0: Mm, mm. I see communication comes into uh, an uh, a lot of this, let's say, communicating expectations, communicating an agreement, communicating the results. Yeah, I, I think all, this
1: all... is a very, sorry, I just interrupted you. But I, I think that data-related professionals without communication skills, well developed, it's it's a very high his, high risk because for me, data teams, they have mixed skills they have business knowledge and also technical knowledge so they need to cover this bridge and the techno between the technology and the business requirements which i think it's crucial
0: mm-hmm. okay um approaching the end of our, our conversation we look more to the future or we look more to your recommendations and that can be in the shape of career advice so i'm thinking for all the junior or aspiring data engineers out there what can they be doing today or what approach could they start to adopt to maintain the highest levels of data quality in their work even if they can't control all the other factors what can they do as a data engineer to maintain Um... highest quality
1: I think that they can act as data evangelists, be that the kind of person that is always trying to educate people that want to be educated about uh, all the aspects of data. Uh, This person can also be part of the company onboarding for new members to present uh, how the data department works, what is important, what are the things to to take in consideration. keeping a very good source of uh, technical and non-technical documentations uh, when you produce a code. You should uh, keep your comments there to let your colleagues know why are you applying this workaround on something that's not that good. Um, You also need to consider uh, that your consumers uh, might not know everything that you know about data, right? Because usually we have uh, this assumption that everybody has the same level of understanding about the same things, and this is not true. Um, and not get upset when someone complains with you that uh, the expected quality is not good. You might just have different assumptions about the same thing. I would start talking about the assumptions, I would start about the whys. Um, and you might have seen that I quite didn't mention technologies involved. With it. Doesn't mean that technology is not important here, but I do feel that there are several different technologies to fulfill the same purpose. It's important for us as data professionals keep us up to date with the most recent technologies, but technology by itself doesn't solve the data problem.
0: Okay, thank you. Communication, documentation, making no assumptions, keeping your cool, they have all been themes that have run through the conversation so yeah clearly a focus point for you and your your team members and finally i wonder maybe it shouldn't be final but i feel like we're being retrospective are the best practices that govern data quality for data engineers
1: we Are the universal yeah.
0: best practices
1: yeah uh... Be part as much as you can of the product features design. If you understand how a feature was designed, what what is the feature purpose, you will be able to give better recommendations, uh, have uh, less blockers when you start to deliver your data pipelines and and so on. Um, Try to see yourself as someone that works for the business. but uh, with tech stack, I think that this is a very good mindset because uh, I, I, when you position yourself, just I'm a technical person, I just understand code in the data-related fields doesn't play that uh, uh, that good role, I would say. So you do need to understand the business uh, and educate yourself.
0: Mm, fantastic. To one of our earlier points about uh, data Professionals these days needing to have a very strong commercial skill set. You've spoken to it there as well. Understand product feature design, product feature purpose. Life cycle. Yeah, the product life cycle. Even the customer journey and and what their experiences are. Get in the point of view or the perspective of, of a business person serving the customer. Very good. Angelita, it's all we've got time for today.
1: Oh, it was a great time together. I like
0: it. <laughs> Super. Well, I look forward to having another conversation in the future. I wonder what other topics are equally as important to you.
1: Mm. I-, I have some. I really like team building. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I really like um, data pipelines performance. Okay. And... Data storytelling, yeah.
0: Team building, pipeline performance, and data storytelling. Yep. Fantastic. Okay, we'll leave it there for now. Until next time, and thank you so much, Angelita. We will um, be airing this or releasing this via um, the usual podcast platforms for people to pick up, and see you next time.